When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Wrestling Inc. It is me, your managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, back with another episode of The Weekly, and I am joined here as I am just about every Wednesday by my good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to The Weekly. Good to talk to you. Yeah, I, uh, yeah I'm yeah. i still suffering from uh, some blown-out vocal cord issues, so uh, if it, it continues to sound like a soft jazz radio station... Uh, this week on the Winkley, uh, that's the reason for that. I can't, I can't emote like I'm like I'm accustomed to. It's actually like physically uncomfortable for me to not be able to do that. I was gonna say that's probably your weakest uh, good morning wrestling ink that I've heard. Yeah, it was pretty soft. So next week we're gonna get back to it. I'm gonna have that energy. But you know, here's the thing: just because you don't hear it in my voice doesn't mean in my cockles, in my subcockles, uh, I have. A lot of vigor and venom because this has been a very busy week for pro wrestling news. Justin, I'm looking at our news segment here for just the last 24 hours, and I think this is the meatiest Wednesday episode of the Winkley we'll have ever done. There's so much stuff we have to get to here today. It's a lengthy run sheet. It is. It is. So we'll get to the news here in just a second. After the news, we got some special uh, interviews and audio for you. Uh, right after the news block, you're going to hear my interview that I did just last night with none other than Rob Van Dam. RVD is going to be on the show here. Of course, Impact Wrestling, they're going to be in Vegas this past weekend, which I found out in this interview is Rob's new hometown. He now lives in Vegas with Katie Forbes. So uh, they're going to Vegas this weekend. Rob's going to talk about his time at Impact here and a lot more uh, right after RVD. You're going to hear from our own Michael Weissman. He sat down with uh, Fred Rosser, a.k.a. Darren Young, at StarCast 3. So we got the full audio for you of that here today. And we're going to start airing uh, more of the scrums. We have all the scrum audio. We want to get it out there. So you're going to get not just two interviews, but you're going to get even more audio content as you're going to get the full audio from the StarCast 3 media scrum with AEW Sammy Guevara. So you get RVD, Darren Young, Sammy Guevara, this is a beautiful pro wrestling stew we've got cooking here today, Justin. Stew on the stove. Stew. Stew on the stove. Why is that so fun to say? I don't know. All right. Let's get to it here. I think that's the most I've emoted with my voice in about a week. There are like four days at least. That kind of hurt. All right. Here we go. Uh, news you can use. News that'll leave a bruise. Um, the big news of the past 24 hours has been this Chris Jericho AEW World Championship story. The story broke like literally almost exactly after we got off the air yesterday with the Winkley. So let me run you through what has happened here in this 24-hour saga. So it originally was reported that I, I saw pop up on Twitter Chris Jericho's belt may have been lost or stolen well an official police report from the tallahassee police department came out and here's what it says it says the victim reported the theft of his championship wrestling belt while he was eating inside longhorn steakhouse the victim stated he arrived at the millionaire club airport terminal and placed the belt inside his rented limousine the limo driver 
shuttled the victim to Longhorn for dinner. The victim remained at Longhorn while the limo driver returned to the airport. The victim had taken the wrong luggage from the airport and the driver took it back to the terminal. When the driver picked up the victim from the restaurant, the belt was missing. Responding officers searched the limo and airport for the belt without success. On call, CID was consulted and forensics responded to the scene. The report listed forensics. The, the <laughs> report listed Jericho as the victim under his real name, Christopher Irvine. So we'll put a button in that for just a second here. Um, I mean, the main <laughs> takeaways are the things that have been said a dozen times in the past 24 hours. Who takes a limousine to a Longhorn Steakhouse, right? That's ridiculous. Well, and who doesn't wear the title inside the Longhorn Steakhouse? Come on now, Ric Flair would have. I, I agree. I mean, I, it does seem a little risky to leave the title in in a limousine. But I guess at the same time, like you think your limo driver's like the security guy. But it, it sounds like um, the driver had to leave the limo for a while here to go get this lost luggage. And I'm going to imagine that's when the break-in occurred. I mean, I, I don't know, but I would imagine. Well, no, no. Well, what, we also, what also isn't clear is that I don't think the title belt necessarily was just laying loose in the limo. I think it was probably in Jericho's. Jericho probably put it. It went to put it in the suitcase. That's when he realized, oh, I have the wrong suitcase. I, I don't know. That, that, there's a lot of there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of holes to this mystery. Yeah, there is. And also, the hole of the mystery here is with the Millionaire Club Airport Terminal. Uh, I know a lot of people out there have been trying to do their own, uh, you know, rest, investigator snooping around. Uh, nobody seems to have been able to identify a Millionaire Club. So I'm we're I, I I'm left to assume that. This is just something that Jericho thought that was the club he because he is a millionaire, and so that's the club he was at at the airport. This, this well, do we know is, is this a commercial public air, airport? Is this or like did he fly private? Is this like a, like a private like where other other private planes would be, other private people? I have to imagine it was a private plane because like the day after on Sunday he took a private plane. He posted a photo with himself with the belt outside of a private plane. I'm gonna imagine he took that plane to Tallahassee because according to PW Insider, the theft took place on Sunday night. So I can't imagine unless he was truly jet setting using multiple And why did, he, why did he fly to Tallahassee? AEW is based in Jacksonville and I think he lives in Tampa. So why the hell would he go to Tallahassee? Maybe Tallahassee had an airstrip he could land in because it's a private plane. You're telling me Jacksonville or Tampa doesn't have a private strip for him to land in? Maybe it was convenient. I don't know, man. I'm just Maybe he really likes that Longhorn in Tallahassee. There's just a, a something about the, the cut of steak in that one. Woo! The AEW champ only parties in one place. The Longhorn Steakhouse in Tallahassee, Florida. Everybody's getting shots. All right. Now, let's continue down this journey. So that was just the police report. Now, the Observer is reporting, for those that are wondering, yes, AEW does have a second belt. A backup belt. Because they're not idiots, so if this had if this had genuinely been taken and not found, they did have another belt ready to go for for when they go on TV. So that wasn't a worry. Now Jericho released this video where he's sitting in a hot tub drinking the bubbly, <laughs> commenting on the theft, and he uh, I won't read everything he wrote. I'll just read the part of importance related to the belt. He says, "I'm launching a worldwide investigation using the top private investigators in the world today." to find out who committed this crime. Trust me, as the AEW champion, I promise to regain and restore and find and reclaim the AEW championship and once again give you another reason to finally give me the thank you that I deserve. You're welcome. Did you watch the video, Justin? I did. It's hilarious, isn't it? I mean, this is a really interesting kind of grandstanding. I brought this up in the Killer Cross interview a couple months ago when he called out Moxley, and I was like, were you worried that Moxley wouldn't 
like accept your challenge and then you have mud on your face. I, I, I equally believe here that unless he knew the belt was going to be found, had been found, little interesting here to grandstand that I'm going to find this title because maybe you don't because this is a legitimate burglary to the best of my knowledge, correct? Yeah, when I watched the video, that was one of the first things. I mean, I was laughing and enjoying it for the entertainment purposes, but the first one of the first things I then said to myself was, they have to have already have located it and found it. Now they're just going to go ahead and ride this publicity wave. Yes, I agree with that. And the story on that note took a strange turn yesterday after the Tallahassee Police Department announced on Facebook that the title belt had been found. But for whatever reason, they deleted that post and the investigators on the record said that the case remained open. But oddly here, AEW then took a screenshot of that post that features the officer with the belt saying, we found something that we think is yours. Uh, and they and they wrote, case solved, thank you, Tally PD. So it does appear this belt has been found. It is back with Chris Jericho. We don't know exactly how it got lost or stolen or whatever. I'm, I'm imagining we're going to know that here probably by tomorrow's weekly or, or just after the weekend. But the, the, there it is, 24 hours from lost to found, uh, a whole cycle of emotions here. What can we glean from this incident <laughs> If it was a commercial airport, how great would it be that you <laughs> the AEW championship title that was just you know that was just crowned on the first first winner a night before? It's just sitting in like Delta's lost luggage room. Yeah, it's great. I, I wonder. I wonder if if it wasn't like in the. I don't know. You know. I guess we'll have to. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But um, good on everybody who did this. Uh, I saw one person tweet out. I don't remember exactly who it was, but they used the phrase. Uh, AEW no, really knows how to lean in in situations like this. And I think that's a really good observation here is AEW, with everything that happens to them, people pull out, people get sick, people get injured, belts get lost. They always seem to be able to make a joke out of it and not lose any momentum. If anything, they seem to be able to take advantage of these situations and create even more PR for themselves to the point that people genuinely seem to – some people thought this could be a work for some reason, which, I, I mean, obviously it's not. Well, oh yeah, I mean, when when I first read this, you think maybe this is a work. I mean, how many times we've seen a, a guy steal a title belt in a storyline? But when you see a when you see when the, when the when we when it was uncovered that there actually was a police report, that kind of tells you, okay, this is this got some legitimacy to it. I think that observation is is spot on with um with their ability to uh, capitalize on on the PR and spin things in a positive way, and and I think. I, I mean, I, I think they have the luxury of, of of learning and watching what has and has not worked for WWE and the mistakes WWE has made as the as the media world and media coverage of pro wrestling constantly is evolving. And you know, you and I are in the thick of. I, I think one of the things they've learned in AEW's policy has kind of been, and I, and I talked to Brandy Rhodes about this a week or two ago, is they're just kind of very forthcoming. I mean, obviously they're not going to like give away the finishes of matches, and they're not going to comment and on every rumor or reveal every surprise, but like. They just kind of, you know, everything from the media scrums of which, you know, you were involved in this past weekend to, I mean, you know, Tony Khan's, I know following a lot of us on Twitter, like, and, and, he, and he's, and he's very, you know, I have DM with him, like, and I know, I know others and like has like, I just, they're just being open. They're just kind of like, rather than where WWE is always, or not always, but they're, they're getting better with it. But WWE has a bad habit sometimes of just not getting ahead of the story, whatever the story might be. AEW is just kind of embracing and kind of saying, look, you know, things are out there. People are going to find things out. We just kind of have to roll with it and, and, and just do the best we can. And so far, they're doing pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and it was funny, too, because on top of the uh, all the fervor here last night on SmackDown, Corey Graves even worked in a line after Drake Maverick won the title back about how he was going to go take his wife in a limousine to a, a, a chain restaurant. So, you know, the, the kind of cherry on the top of that story. What's amazing to me is just how this story flared up and was resolved 
within the period of, of, of me doing both of these weekly episodes. I think that's hilarious. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and again, that's, that's, that's good on AEW. They, the thing was already solved, and they just decided, okay, it's out there on the internet. Let's just let it play out. Yeah, good on them. Uh, well, also from the world of AEW, uh, their countdown to All Out preview special uh, drew 390,000 viewers uh, this past Friday night on TNT, where it aired at 10 p.m. Eastern. It was announced on less than 48 hours' notice. Uh, it ranked tw- number 29 in the cable top 50 for the 18 to 49 demo on a Friday night. And, you know, without really any, I mean, as just the first bit of raw data here for AEW, I mean, this seems like a pretty strong number to me. I mean, this isn't like live wrestling. This isn't like anything new. It's just a recap. If you're an AEW fan, you've probably seen all this stuff. If you're a casual fan, let's let's hope it can grab some people. Short notice. I mean, uh, looks good to me. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, late night, Friday night, I just said no rest, no no live original programming of wrestling and, and you know, with minimal advertisement and notice about it yeah i mean that's that's a good sign of um just the amount of households that tnt is in that people just probably stumbled upon it and, and have seen these aew promotions that are happening you know when you watch sports on tnt or that are just happening across the, you know, the bleacher report and turner uh, networks and um yeah so just stumbled upon and just getting the first taste of okay what is this what is this new thing that's coming to tnt soon so i yeah that's you know that's not a huge number in terms of the in, in the grand scheme of things, but if we look at if we look at it relative, you know, relatively speaking, it's it's, it's pretty impressive. Now, if let's say, what do you think? Do you think that this this episode did twenty percent of the interest for the debut? What percentage do you think this would be of of how many times oh. we could multiply this number to get the to get the action? I don't number? know if I don't know offhand what the percentage would be, but I I, I don't have any doubt that uh, I feel pretty strongly that, that that their first episode on TNT will. Will will definitely be over a million viewers. Over okay, because if this was twenty percent, it would be, I believe, just under two million viewers. If I if I did the numbers right in my head. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I figure, you know, I figure the, you know, even the lowest viewed SmackDowns and Rawls, you know, do about two, what, two million. So yeah. uh, I, I think that AEW out the gate on, on T again on TNT with the homes that it reaches, I, I think out the gate they can definitely hit a million. Okay, you say a million, I'll go a little closer to two. You know, I'm really interested. <laughs> this thing could be a floodgate situation. Who knows? Um, well, what, I mean, what if it, what if it comes what if it comes out and it does like three million, which is like the best that Raw does anymore right now? I'm really I'm very interested because here's the thing about AEW, especially if you've been to any of the events and stuff, it's just how wide the the demo is for this, how 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 wide the 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 span is for people that are interested. It's all over the country here. I know ticket sales slowed down a little bit uh, when they got to I believe it was Baltimore and uh, not Paul uh, was that their uh, Pittsburgh here. Pittsburgh. Here in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Charleston actually have not sold out, so that's, they 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 slowed up here. That's right. Baltimore's where their next pay per view will be. I'm sure that'll sell out. But yeah, you know, they, the tickets slowed down a little bit here, but I think a, a couple, one, two good episodes at the gate here, you're going to see those pick back up again. So uh, yeah, you know, it's a very big fan base, a lot bigger than I think a lot of people would would realize. So you know, who knows? Uh, and in the world of uh, lastly here in AEW, we brought up the Baltimore Full Gear uh, AEW pay per view. Uh, Conrad Thompson made it official last night on Twitter. StarCast for coming to Baltimore, the conventional run from Thursday, November 7th through Sunday, November 10th. It'll be with the help from Jimmy's famous seafood, which often welcomes pro wrestlers when they are in town. So uh, very exciting. And Conrad here, I don't know that he can stop now. I think he's got a little taste of it. This one definitely felt like it ran. This StarCast felt like it ran better to me, even with, of course, like some of the, the scheduling headaches. This one, I thought, ran very well, and it, it seemed... Uh, like it could have been more profitable, I think, for Conrad this time around. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, I know. I mean, he's he's obviously making money off this, or he wouldn't still be doing it. I mean, that's that, and he must be making money off of it because the all that goes into 
coordinating these Starcast events and to do another one just two months later with that with the, the quick turnaround, that's that, that's going to be a chore. But the money must be good. So yeah, well, I already put in the request to bring Starcast Improv back. That thing was it. That thing was an effing blast, Justin. I got to bring you up on stage to do some comedy with you. Yeah, it, it, it went well. Oh, dude, it was dude, it was great. It was amazing. Yeah, very very popular. So uh, we'll see. We'll maybe bring that back. You know who really wants to do the Starcast Improv with me? That we, exactly. could, we couldn't make it work this time because he had a, a wrestling thing down the road, but he got really, really excited about it, uh, was Killer Cross. Killer Cross, I guess, was a theater kid in high school and loves doing short-form improv and very optimistic that I'm going to be able to do some comedy with Killer Cross here pretty soon. You should improv something and make him bleed. I should. Oh, man. We'll get to that. Okay, that's later. We've got to get through the WWE news first. We'll talk about Cross a little bit more here in a little bit. Uh, all right, let's switch gears here. We got all the AEW, AEW top block today. Top block, all AEW news. So let's get to the WWE news here. SmackDown was last night, ended in dramatic fashion as Eric Rowan turned on Daniel Bryan. He laid out Bryan and Roman Reigns to close the show. He admitted to the attacks on Roman Reigns, saying he enjoyed it. He was proud of it. And it's been announced that he's going to take on Roman Reigns at Clash of Champions. What did you think of the finish here to SmackDown last night, Justin? I'm so confused. Okay, why, why are you confused? Okay, so Rowan admits it was him. He's the one that put he was the one that pushed the scaffolding, the boxes over. He's the one that drove the car. So he did it. Um. So how does the other red bearded guy come into the fold? That did did did, did Rowan tell Daniel Bryan? I found this red bearded guy. This is the guy that did it. And he obviously is being confused for me. And then like, is Daniel Bryan a babyface, or is this all like one big? Is this still one big? set up that, that that brian's still in on like i i don't know i'm, I'm like they're starting they're, they're they're starting to outswerve themselves i think well but that's the thing is this kept the pattern going of like you think you you think you know all the answers but you still have questions right and that's kind of how smackdown's been and largely i think it's worked out pretty well you know it seems to be creating some some interesting television i didn't hate it but i do in the back of my mind i gotta think that him and brian are still in cahoots together i think this was all orchestrated even though he uh like Ch- choke slam Brian to a table. Yeah, I think that, that I okay. think that I think Brian sacrificed himself because he's an absolute psychopath. Okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not. I, they haven't lost me. I'm still, I'm still going to tune in next week, and I'm going to, you know, and, and, and from the wrestling standpoint, it's good for Rowan to get a pay per view match against Roman Reigns, and this is good for Roman Reigns that he's been able to be so distanced from uh, title picture. So this has all been refreshing from uh, from a booking standpoint. Uh, I'm just, I am just a little bit confused, but, but maybe again, maybe, maybe this will all come together and it'll be a moment of, aha, now I understand. Yeah. Who knows? And if nothing else, it's just Eric Rowan off the chain and he's a big dude who's never really gotten an opportunity. You know, SmackDown really does seem to be the land of opportunity right now. Right. You know, you got him breaking out uh, last night. Let's get to the King of the Ring brackets. You know, Chad Gable defeated Andrade. Big win for him. Elias beat Ali. We're going to see Elias versus Gable in the King of the Ring semifinals next week on SmackDown from MSG. Winner of that's going to take on Joe versus Corbin versus Ricochet. I mean, I, I do genuinely feel in the last month and a half or so, there's been a concerted effort on trying to heat up some talent that has been sitting on the side or make talent that really hasn't been used, period. And it's, it's very refreshing, especially with the Gable stuff. You know, this guy, he was made last night on SmackDown. The audience, a hundred times more into this guy after this win after, over Andrade. And the, the stuff about everybody walking around calling him small and picking on him like he's little Rey Mysterio there, I think it, um, I, I, you know, if he overcomes the odds, it makes him look good. And, and it was just a home run. I thought they did a great job by Gable last night. 
Yeah, I mean, his victory was pop of the night by that crowd. Um, and, 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 you know, great job by Andrade and, and Zelina Vega for helping make him. I mean, Zelina doing the old-fashioned distract the ref while Gable looks to have the pin. You know, I thought for sure, okay, well, Gable's getting ready to lose. And then that just that just heightened the suspense and the thrill even more when he did pull out the victory. So, yeah, this was um, – I mean, and I agree. I, it does feel like they are starting to heat up some more talents. They're giving, they're giving some more – you know, I mean, unrelated to the King of the Ring, Aleister Black, again, looked like a stud last night and uh, in his match against Shelton Benjamin, and they seem to be – you know, positioning him to be a major player, you know, kind of a slow burn, but still positioning him. Um, uh, you know, obviously, I'm sure you talked about yesterday, the Fiend, you know, what they're doing there and, yeah. and, and the, the rumors there with what we think's happening with the title. So, I mean, they are. They, 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 it does feel like they, are, they, they realize they got to change some things up here. Yeah, you know, even Andrade and Ali here, you know, uh, they've been they've been getting a nice steady push here for the past couple of weeks. I think that them using this moment here to to bring Elias and Gable up with them to continue to flush out that strong SmackDown roster. Just I, I was just a really big fan of everything. I think this King of the Ring tournament's been really good. Um, everybody, you know, my opinion originally was Andrade Ricochet since it doesn't seem to be going that route. A lot of buzz around a potential Gable versus Corbin finals. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's either uh, Gable, Corbin, or it's, or, or it's or for the finals, or it's Ricochet, Elias at this point. And I mean, I still, you know, the start of it, I kind of said I felt the winner of Drew McIntyre versus Ricochet was, was a prime candidate to win the whole thing. So Ricochet still, I still kind of feel that way for him. Uh, I do prefer heels to be King of the Ring more so than babyfaces. But, um, but yeah, I, I, th- I still think Ricochet is probably the favorite in my mind at the moment. Do you think we could get a baby-baby, like a Gable-Ricochet match here with like an honorable finals for the King, King of the Ring? That, uh, I mean, it's they don't normally do that, but it would certainly be appropriate in the vein of what we just said, and the fact that they're trying to heat up some stars. So um, yeah, that would that would be appropriate to see these two guys who are, you know, either one. It's like okay, either one is going to be, you know, either, you know, either one is going to be a stud here out of this. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I, I don't think it. They 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 still tend to kind of keep it heel babyface for these kind of things. But um, but hey, any, hey, but at this point, anything's possible. They seem to be shaking things up. So. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is you look at that raw momentum right now, especially for a guy like Gable, you know, um, who knows? I don't know. Corbin Gable seems like it would be, a, you know, a perfect cherry on the top, right? Gable finally overcomes the biggest. I don't know why man. they had Gable cut his hair, though. I mean, usually those those kind of appearance changes, you got to approve through the office. I don't know why. He looks so much better. He just he looked, oh, he, he really? looked better with the longer hair. This yeah, is- well, because the longer I mean, now with the, the now with the shorter hair, he just he just looks like a, a short white guy just never other good now he's phenomenal he's a phenomenal athlete he's great in the ring so he he, he doesn't look like just some other dude once he starts wrestling but yeah, appearance wise if, if, if you're like, doing the whole he looks, what's he look like walking through the airport he just looks like another dude he looks like an it guy he looks more manly with the short hair he looked like a little kid bouncing around in there with that long hair in my opinion uh, adam long hair he at least looked he looked more like a pro wrestler i, I don't know um, all right, maybe an 80s wrestler. Uh, all right, lastly here in SmackDown land, uh, the 24-7 title uh, popped around a little bit last night. Bo Dallas briefly took the title from Drake Maverick in the boiler room. Uh, Drake then won it back in an impromptu melee in the ring as he was backing his way up to the ramp, and Corey Graves was throwing shade at Chris Jericho. Our truth rolled him up to begin his 14th title reign. Um this is all, you know, this is what I worried about when it started up. It was great in the beginning. We're getting so much creative input. I feel like the creative focus has gone elsewhere, which is good. And now we're just getting a lot of random, like, brawls amongst a lot of people. I don't really know what's going on with the 24-7 title. This thing's been going on for a number of months now. Uh, at what point does it either, A, burn out, like, does it make it to rumble, or, B, does it actually become a title that's, uh, like, a little bit more 
normal in the sense of like it's not constantly hot potatoed every week like or, or, or at that point does it even matter like i don't know I'm, I'm curious how much how like how many more times can our like at what point is at what point is our truth sneaking up and grabbing it in different ways at what point does it stop being funny or has it stopped being funny yeah and you know that's the thing is that you, you can't just do these melees because everything just kind of blends together you have to have unique interesting funny i mean there used to be like sketches and stuff there was like a lot of time put into this i feel like the the creative focus has just been pulled away a little bit here i love drake i love truth I think that they've done a great job with this title. I can get why they're going to probably run this thing out until Truth holds the title 18 times, right? Just so you can say he's better Ric Flair and John Cena or whatever. But at that point, then, I, I pull the trigger and I, I try this out on, uh, on on another person to see what they do with it. I don't know who that person is within WWE that would really benefit from a title like this, but I you got to do something different than this is this has run its course, I think, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm sure... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Again, as as competition creeps up and they have other, other numbers to look at, I'm sure they'll start to make decisions about, okay, are we best served mm-hmm. to use segments like this? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, Talk Sport uh, had an interview with Triple H recently. Just a little tidbit coming out, tri- tri- coming out of that. Triple H said that the NXT UK series is the second most popular show on the network behind the main NXT series. He also confirmed that the plan is to do more UK takeover events in 2020, adding that the NXT UK takeover events on the schedule, are they're going to add more events to the schedule as the brand grows. So um, with NXT going to USA, um, I know they're going to put the replay up the day after, uh, I think, on the network, um, but this is going to, this brings NXT UK, I think, into a more prime position here. It's nice. To, I, I, I think it's cool, too, the natural evolution of that. NXT up into the next thing that you've already had this other thing simmering here. This is a great brand with a great roster. I really do hope that they put more focus on it and, and start to build around it. Because I I'm, I do like the NXT UK brand quite a bit. Yeah, you took the phrase right out of my mouth. I was going to say it, this feels like a natural evolution. Yeah, I, I, this is great. And uh, yeah, the product's really good. And I'm not, I'm not surprised to hear that it's number two on the network behind the main NXT. I mean, especially the the, the thirst that the worldwide audience has to, to you know, um, for 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 to see some of these performers on NXT UK, so um, yeah, this is this is great. And again, it's one more brand to you know have fun crossovers like sending a Cesaro somewhere. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of uh, you know it goes right in line with their mission and and execution of opening more performance centers around the world. So this is a uh, you know good news for the for the for the life of NXT. Now with NXT moving to USA and NXT UK take or NXT UK moving up. Uh, that would seemingly open up a space underneath NXT UK to get another brand kind of simmering here now. Do you think we see another NXT uh, international brand, or do you think we see something like Evolve stepping into that developmental role? If I had to guess, I'd see something more like an Evolve stepping in, something that's already kind of already packaged and already being produced. Um, you know, the UK kind of UK kind of encompasses a a wide geographic area. I mean, if they were going to do another geographic, the only, th- I mean, it's, it's either Mexico or Japan, right? Or, you know, or um, Canada or Canada. I think there might be something to, to Lance Storm shutting down his yeah. academy at the end of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if they turned that whole gimmick into a, an NXT Canada performance center up there. Just throwing that out there. I could see an NXT. I could see a performance center up there. And I, and, and I do think there's probably something with the reason why Lance, and I think, cause I think Lance has been successful. So for him to shut it down, you'd only assume that he has a bigger opportunity of waiting. I don't know if it would be a brand though of any. Like I feel like, I don't. Know, I feel like I feel like, and I don't want any Canadians to take. A, I mean, this is a comp. I feel like the, I feel like the, I feel like the Canadian market is kind of intertwined with the American market. You know, I mean, they run you know, Raw and SmackDown run in Canada on a, on a 
semi-regular basis. I just, I just don't, I don't see like there's a, there's a big ocean that separates you know the NXT out of Orlando from obviously NXT U- UK. I feel like Canada's already kind of intertwined. I don't know if you need to like designate it as its own brand. I don't know. That's just me though. I mean, I think a performance center geographically located there makes sense because you know for people that you know live in that country to 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 to, to work out in. But I don't know if you need to create a whole brand around it. I think you just move and evolve into 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 the spot all right yeah and nxt japan i know has been bandied about as well as you said mexico i'd see japan before mexico but you never know so uh food for thought you can go debate that one in the comment section or something uh sin cara tweeted out that it that he tweeted out it's time implying he's going to be returning to the ring the tweet also included a wwe live uh along with the date september 27th that wwe live event takes place uh from his uh, current hometown of El el paso texas uh, Sin Cara underwent knee surgery back in mid-August 2018 after a brief feud with Andrade. Uh, he was cleared to compete in March of this year, returned to the ring during the 50-man battle royal at Super Showdown, but that was the last we saw of him. So Sin Cara, uh, if he, you know, it does, I, you know, I've heard things about um, Lucha House Party possibly looking uh, to go elsewhere. I not heard. I mean, they've tweeted out, you know, my I'm a free agent, I think is what Kalisto said. So, uh, you know, if they are looking to bring in another luchador here and, and you know, fill that void, this could be a good time for Sin Cara. Yeah, Sin Cara to me is kind of like this era's WWE's doink. You know, they could just throw whoever under the mask the next 20 years and say it's, I mean, you could, you could, you could, I mean, barring tattoos, you know, identify identifying tattoos i mean you could put ricochet underneath a sinkara mask and he performed great as a sinkara i mean uh so yeah sinkara coming back it's crazy speaking of sinkara if you think about the original one what was a mystico mm-hmm. uh it's crazy to think like that was like the first in this era that was like the first like branching out grabbing and you know we see WWE obviously a lot now as we just talked about all the different performance centers now you know going to be popping up like you know obviously WWE is very international they're open to bringing in stars from other countries and even letting them keep their names in, in some cases you know grabbing mystico and, and dubbing them sinkara and like all the hype that was behind that and the videos i remember that it was like i think it was like a 20 like 2011 2012-ish um and boy what a flop it ended up turning out to be with the, with the first guy that's just amazing to think like the, 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 that 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 was the first one it was such a flop but they've done so well in most cases since then dude it was crazy because so like i did i did commentary for warrior wrestling six on sunday night and uh, Caristico, that's his name now, formerly Mystico, formerly Sakara, was on the card. He was tagging with Ultimo Guerrero. And uh, <laughs> it was like a blast. First of all, like, it's just cool to like get to call that. But also, like, watch him in the ring. Dude can go. He's really good, you know? Oh, yeah, no, there was no question about how good he was. It just, it flopped for, uh, there was a lot of things that seemed like a flop. I mean, he got hurt. Um, and then they, then they tried to like, then they had somebody else be Singhar and then it turned into being, you know, that we had like Singhar, like we had two Singharas fighting each other and they did the, they, they did like goofy lighting, I think for his matches. Like it, it is a lot of things just didn't resonate. I think injury, I think was the biggest thing. He just, they couldn't keep him out there regularly. Sorry. It was Cristico versus Ultimo Guerrero versus Atlantis. It was a triple threat match. I was like, wait, they didn't tag. They fought each other. So, and that's available right now, by the way, go over to highspots.com. Warrior wrestling six. Great show. All right. Cheap plug. Uh, Lindsay Dorado, member of the Lucha House Party, uh, he's been added to the WWE Cruiserweight title match at Clash of Champions to make it a triple threat. The match will now see Drew Gulak defend against Lindsay and Umberto Carrillo. The change was made after Lindsay defeated Carrillo in the main event of last night's 205 Live. Per the stipulation, Lindsay is now added to the Clash match. Uh, man, I'm a big Gulak fan. Uh, I like him as champion. I am really sad that they don't give him more time on Raw and SmackDown to like establish who he is and what he's doing with the cruiserweight title right now, because 
man, that division lives in a bubble at the moment. That cruiserweight title, you know, it, I don't think it needs to be relegated just to 205 Live. I mean, I'd love to see the cruiserweight title defended regularly on Raw or SmackDown. It'd be great. Yeah, but it didn't go so well when they did it the first time around. I just, I don't know, there was a lot of, again, a lot of things that just didn't, I don't know. I mean, it's great action. I mean, it's not, yeah, you're right. It's never spoken about at all during Raw or SmackDown. They don't even utter the words cruiserweight champion. Uh, Lince Dorado, by the way, is probably one of my favorite cruiserweights they have. So that's exciting uh, just to see him added to the match. But um, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's, yeah, you're right. It, it does live in a bubble. Uh, well, Barstool Sports uh, spoke with Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie was asked who she thought was the uh, most easily recognizable superstar of all time. And she, she debated a little bit. She said, maybe Hogan, maybe. Maybe Ric Flair, but ultimately she decided that The Rock, probably the most easily recognizable superstar of all time. You agree? Disagree? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's like Hollywood's leading man. The thing is, though, about that is that, like, if you show somebody a picture of Hulk Hogan, everybody knows that's Hulk Hogan, and you say, what does he do? Everybody goes, Hulk, he's, he's, a, he's a wrestler. But, there, but more and more people, I imagine, you show them a picture of The Rock, they know that that's they know that this is Dwayne Johnson who's in all these blockbuster movies, and they probably even know that he's also referred to as The Rock. That's like his, that's like his nickname. But like I don't know. I, I think more and more people just you know the the more as more and more years go on that The Rock is away from WWE, and he continues just to turn out just these blockbuster movies, and he just you look at him as oh he's just a movie star. I, I think I think more and more people are going to forget. Especially, you know, you know, people that are getting old, people that are kids or that are getting old, they're going to forget or not even know that he was once a pro wrestler, and that's where he got famous and then became an actor. I think they're always just going to think, oh, he's just an actor. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean as a wrestler? I don't know. What about like Andre the Giant? Right? Like, you show somebody a photo of Andre the Giant, they'd be like, oh, that's Andre the Giant. What's he do? He's a pro wrestler. I, I don't think. I, I think to a certain generation of people, they would know Andre if you showed them. They definitely have heard the name. I don't know how many people though. If you said Andre the Giant, if, and then if you showed them uh, a picture of a couple tall, you know, large people, if they could definitively know that that one like, i bet you yeah you know what i mean like i don't know you can show a picture of andre you show him a picture of like the big show and find a couple other tall people i don't know if they'd always be able to absolutely pick out who's andre i think i think to a certain generation yes but i think again as as, as that generation is getting older and, and even dying off and i i don't think you know I, I think i think you know hulk hulk hogan to me still i think he's the i would say hogan or the rock or probably in terms of just just showing them a headshot somebody would know that's 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 who it is what about cena just behind rock i don't know i mean like i feel like most people know john cena now yeah cena's cena but again cena's starting to become a lighter version of the rock in a sense of the longer he's away from wwe uh and then he's just and he's starting to do more and more things with success in the mainstream world whether it's hosting are you smarter than a fifth grader or whether it's being in 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 top hollywood movies more and more people are starting to go like okay this guy john cena is famous and i know him and i see him in movies i see him on tv but they might start to forget like how he why he's famous for the in the first place yeah all right just wanted to have that discussion i was kind of interested all right producer actor and singer lin-manuel miranda of hamilton fame praised cesaro on twitter after revealing that he was in attendance for saturday's nxt uk takeover cardiff event which saw cesaro defeat ilja Dragunov in singles action uh, he tweeted out, Cesaro is my new religion. Dude spun his opponent for like a minute straight, to which Cesaro responded, this is surreal and so cool. What can I say except you are welcome? And yes, I have the emoji for German, French, Italian flags versions in my playlist too. Thank you, Lin-Manuel. What a, what a wacky world we live in. The, the creator, actor, producer of Hamilton, uh, arguably the biggest musical of at least our generation, is a pro wrestling fan who would go to an NXT UK TakeOver event. Amazing. 
That's amazing. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, and he's got good taste here because he's a Cesaro fan. So he knows. He knows what's up. All right. Uh, let's get to some new. Let's get to some non WWE news here. Uh, we got three stories. Uh, the first one is a bit of a double story here. Now, Sports Illustrated reporting that Marty Skrull, his Ring of Honor contract is set to end in November. PW Insider, which has been reported, but I don't think we really talked about it on the show here, uh, is reporting that Matt Taven's contract is up this month. He's the current Ring of Honor champion. Now, Ring of Honor has announced a number one contenders tournament, which you can go find the brackets for over online. Uh, but two big names could be departing here from Ring of Honor here in the next month, couple months here. Um, raises a lot of questions. You know, and again, I like Matt Taven. Matt Taven is great. He's a good friend of mine. But at the same time, I would be remiss to not point out how much momentum there was behind marty going into that msg event and how much people really wanted to have that moment here right i it you know and i'm just kind of looking at the tea leaves where everything has fallen here i think it would have been maybe uh a different uh maybe more interesting choice to have put the title on marty there knowing you're gonna have him longer than matt taven anyway so that when marty is writing this (laughs) right okay now when marty is writing this wave you can go to Matt, whose contract is coming up, and saying, Marty's red hot right now. He, you're going to be the guy to take the title off him if you will sign for three more years. And I think that every – I don't think we would be having this story right now. Right, and then, and then that, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. But instead, they didn't give Marty that moment at MSG, and now they're potentially going to lose both of them. <laughs> yeah, and I just – you know, and again, it's like in that moment there, you got to have your finger on the pulse of what the fans want, Right. I think you'd have seen. I don't think that. I don't think you'd have heard a lot of the stories you're hearing right now about ROH. You know, uh, having some down numbers in certain markets and things like that. If they'd have just gone with it and said, "Hey, let's let's," you know, I get it. Maybe this guy's going to leave. Maybe this guy's even going to ta- openly talk about how he's leaving. But for this moment in time, he's our action figure. We're going to put the the title on him, and you know, again, use that to leverage one of your guys who you know is ultimately going to take the title off him and hopefully propel your business forward going from there. You know. I I agree. I, I it's, it's a, when 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 I, when I read all this news, it was a head scratcher for yeah. sure. Well, of the people that are in the tournament bracket here, I can't. I mean, Marty's in the bracket, but I mean, <laughs> Justin, I can't imagine that they would just now decide to put the title on Marty and do what I said. But you don't know. We don't know. Maybe Marty wins this tournament. Of the people listed in the tournament, well, if if if, if when they go to him and say you're going to resign, if he says I'll sign a three year deal if you give me the title, I mean this amount of money, I mean then they will. I doubt he does that. But if he did, okay, sure, good reasoning. Uh, of the well, pick- if he if he can get if he can get comparable or more money than what he thinks he's going to get at AEW or WWE, and that's that's assuming that both AEW and WWE want him, you know. I, well, I would imagine AEW wants him. They seemed, you know, I did the I was at the a uh, the the Young Bucks the BTE mailbag live. They did at Starcast before the press conference, and they all uh-huh. had to go down the line and say who if they could have any superstar or any wrestler right now from any company, even if they're signed, who would they want. Uh, I believe it was uh, Matt Jackson who said Marty Skrull right away and was like, yeah, that's who I'd want, you know. So There you go. So, uh, so yeah, um, of the people listed in the bracket, one of them is PCO. I think they had a chance to, to do it in Canada a month or so ago. Again, it's just like, you know, I don't want to sit here and be an armchair booker and just be like, blah, blah, blah. But uh, PCO is very hot right now. Uh, you know, he really loves this environment. I think he's the guy you, 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 you toss this thing to and give it a shot here to, to, to rebuild around. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's 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 a freak. He's got a lot of buzz. It'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, another big freakish man we were talking about earlier, Killer Cross, apparently improv comedian Killer Cross, 
uh, reportedly at odds with Impact Wrestling. So uh, Impact, uh, if you watch Impact, last time you saw Cross, he defeated Eddie Edwards in a first blood match at Slammiversary, uh, which was a real fun match. Now, Cross had a kendo stick jammed into his mouth during the match, which resulted in blood and the loss because it was a first blood match. Um, however, it turns out that the blood in his mouth was, was not actually his own blood. Uh, PWInsider.com reporting that Cross refused to blade during the match because there was no outside medical per- personnel in attendance. Uh, Impact was forced to track down fake blood hours before the show to book the match and the finish as planned. Cross hasn't been booked since then, and Impact is reportedly planning to remove him from that September 15th AAA event in New York amid concerns that Cross will soon be suing Impact Wrestling. No lawsuit has been filed as of this morning. I just saw Cross a couple days ago. None of this stuff come out, came up. Uh, so I have no insight into what is actually happening here. But um, not, a, not a great story here. And uh, for the record, fake blood, not very difficult to make. Two parts corn syrup, one part chocolate. No, two parts chocolate syrup, one part corn syrup, a little bit of red food diet. You can make it in three minutes. It's super easy. All right. Anyway, what do you make of this story here about Cross and Impact Wrestling, Justin? Well, if the story is if the story is what it's being reported, if that's if that's all accurate. I mean, I, you can't fault a guy for not wanting to blade, especially on that reason. The only fault that I could see you could put on him uh, is like unless he, well, I mean, like unless he'd agreed, you know, yeah, I'll blade, I'll do this finish and everything, and then like last minute told them different. But then again, if he told them on the grounds of he thought that there would be medical people there and then there weren't. I mean, so it, there's a lot of factors, but I mean, at the heart of it, for just knowing if that's, if that's the story that you just read, if that's all accurate. Uh, I mean, you can't fault a guy for, again, not wanting to blade. I mean, that's, it, you know, and like you said, it's not like fake blood is a, you know, it's not like you gotta go drilling for days to find it in the ground somewhere. I mean, it's easy to make. And, and you know, so I, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little, not a good look. Not a not a good look on impact. I don't think. I'm just a little surprised. It's Slammiversary. This is basically their SummerSlam, right? And uh, no med no medical personnel in attendance. That seems like bizarre to me. I don't even. I don't know if I necessarily even 100 percent believe that. I can't believe you could do a wrestling show on that level and not have somebody there in case something goes wrong. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even know what. I mean, you know, there's all. It, it's it, it gets every every state's different in terms of like what state commission they get involved or how they get involved. Um, you know, like I know here in Pennsylvania, when we, when we run our shows, you either have to have, um, uh, you have, yeah, you have to have a medical person. It's like, you have to, if you have to be within, if you're, if you're, if you don't have a hospital within five miles of your venue, then you have to have an ambulance and paramedic on site at the venue. Then, you know, there's also like every state's different with what you need and what have you. Um, I don't remember where Slammiversary was. Where was, where was Slammiversary? New York? Slammiversary, I think, yeah, Ve- yeah, it wasn't Vegas. Vegas was Slammiversary. I'm gonna say New York. Let's say New York. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know offhand what New York's state policy is with the athletic commission and everything like that, but I mean, that seems that that seems sketchy as is, as you said, have a show of that size and not to have somebody, an outside medical person present. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last uh, non AEWWWE news story here: Crime Stoppers El, pa- El Paso reporting that Rockicon. Former uh, Impact Wrestling Knockout is one of El, pa- El Paso's most wanted fugitives for the week of August twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. She is listed under the name uh, listed under the names of Trenisha Sims, aka Trenisha Biggers, or Trenisha Williams, and has been charged with interference with child custody. No other information regarding Khan is given, other than her age, height, weight, and features. Crime Stoppers is urging anyone with information on Rocket Khan to call nine one five five six six eight four seven seven. 
and that they can remain anonymous and are eligible to receive a cash reward. Um, isn't this the woman that Kurt Angle like dated for a little bit? I honestly, I totally, I don't remember her at all. Don't remember her. When I read the story, I was like, I don't remember. I don't even recall who this person is. A lot so. of traffic. A lot of people were interested. I guess anytime you write a wrestler's name, and you're just like most wanted fugitive. That's 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 going to generate some interest. Well, when I saw a most wanted fugitive and I saw a pro wrestler and, and female, I figured initially Sunny. No, oh, that's unfortunate. Well, it's not. That's good news. It wasn't Sunny this time. That is good news. <laughs> My guest at this time is a former Impact WWE and ECW World Heavyweight Champion. He can be seen every Friday night as part of Impact Wrestling. It's Rob Van Dam. RVD, thank you so much for taking the time today. Right on, man. Thanks for having me here and uh, giving us a chance to let everybody know when RVD's coming out of the house. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm very excited to chat, Rob. You've been on quite a run with Impact Wrestling. Uh, I just wanted to kind of start there, first of all. Uh, what brought you back to Impact Wrestling here in 2019? Uh, the honest answer is business. You know, when business is good, I'm always happy to uh, to consider it. You know, and uh, I have a really uh, good deal from every standard with uh, Impact Wrestling. You know, I think, and I don't mind talking about it a little bit because I think that that should give them some credibility. Everybody's talking about. AEW and and how WWE should be worried about them, but I happen to know that uh, Impact Wrestling can afford RVD, and uh, that's that's why I'm there. And I have a very uh, friendly schedule um, in my favor because I don't want to be on the road all the time. So it seems like I'm on the road all the time, but I'm really not. It's just because I do their uh, televisions, and uh, and you know what? They're very happy to have me too. So it's awesome. All the wrestlers, all the boys, they all come up to me and tell me how much they appreciate sharing a locker room with me because they grew up watching me. And a lot of them, the reason they wrestle is because they watched me. So I get a lot of love uh, every which way. And uh, the reason that I'm there is for the love they put in my pocket, to be honest. You know, that's uh, the last three, about three years or so, uh, since a lot of people haven't seen me on television in the united states i i still have been wrestling about 10 to 12 matches a year mostly overseas italy and uh the uk london england around there uh scotland and um australia but uh and, and i still will do a little bit of that but even when i do that it's uh it's because uh of the business so i'm not priced to be on the market because I don't want to be out there like my peers do uh, wrestling five, six days a week. And so uh, I am a, a premium, <laughs> a premium uh, wrestler that uh, only not everybody, you know, can bring aboard. So uh, impact uh, way back in April, it's one of those bookings, one of those 10 to 12 bookings a year that I've been doing at first for WrestleCon in April and Sabu and I wrestled the uh, Lucha brothers and, uh, and then afterwards, um, they kept both of us around for a little bit, you know, gave we, I agreed to a handful of more matches and then another handful of matches recently that will keep me with impact until at least January. Nice. Uh, well, physically, how are you holding up, Rob? I mean, you've worked a pretty, uh, you know, impact, uh, heavy style here for many years. Yeah. Um, I have, and, um, and I do feel it. You know, I'm still, uh, I still stretch 
And so I'm still able to, uh, to, to move. I still have my flexibility. I can still do the, the splits and I can still leap up to the top rope and do the frog splash. But, but yeah, all of the, uh, banging that I've done to my body has, has added up, you know, to a lot of, uh, um, bone spurs, arthritis, compressed discs, little things like that. And there's also a lot of injuries that go undiagnosed that add up, you know, to, to a point to where, uh, sometimes, uh, they, they stand out enough to where, okay, that one might be staying with me. Uh, I'm always thinking whenever I get hurt, like, okay, is this going to stay with me forever now? Is this, do I, am I going to have a bad elbow now? And then it goes away, you know, for the most part. There's a few things, though, like I said, compressed discs and, uh, and, and some breaks. But uh, it, I feel, I feel uh, pretty good. And um, at the end of this month, I will be going to South America and getting stem cell therapy. I'm pretty excited about that. There's a doctor down there, David Truitt, and he's been hooking the boys up. Yeah. Uh, and they've been coming back with uh, miraculous results. Um, I talked to Ryback, and um, he really got me excited about it. But the guy got the guy took care of Kevin Nash, Ray Mysterio, Johnny Morrison, um, Brian Cage, I believe, is down there right now, Matt Hughes. So uh, you'll probably be hearing about this uh, quite a bit in the business. They're able to do stuff down there with um, a massive number of fresh stem cells that they're not able to do here. And, you know, they say it doesn't cure cancer and, and it won't cure you from being deaf. But it seems like just about everything else that I've heard of, um, stem cells might be an option. So I'm looking forward to it. Just, you know, uh, just talking to the guy. Um, and he just made me sound like, you know, Hey, I feel pretty good, but sounds like maybe I'll feel even better. And, you know, there's nothing, uh, nothing better than quality of life. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that has been a big thing recently. Everybody you just said that's gone and got that stem cell, uh, surgery. Are there any worries for you about having to go to another country to get some kind of surgery done like this? No, not in that matter, because, um, you know, Ryback told me that he had had uh, like 11 stem cell procedures in the United States uh, before this. And he said when he went there, he said, first off, the results were just night and day, how much that helped him. But also he said the facilities were the exact same as far as the sanitary environment. Um, and it's supposed to be beautiful down there. You know, like part of the deal is they, they want you to bring a companion and, uh, and enjoy the, uh, Median, um, and they have, they hook you up on, um, these, uh, you know, what do you call it, uh, the trips, uh, tours or whatever, if you want to do, but, um, but, but I am very concerned about getting needles in my back. You know, that's like something I was told in, uh, uh, most fans wouldn't know how banged up all of us are, but you can assume 30 years with my style, you know, uh, you know, people don't know, but I have a broken wrist since, uh, since 93, uh, it's been 26 years. I broke it in the match with Dory Fun Jr. And it never sat right. And I have like deteriorating bone in there where there's no blood supply and I just lived with it. But I mean, it hurts like every day, sometimes way worse than other times. Um, there's little things that, that nobody would, you know, guess like that, that I've just lived with throughout my career, but sure would be amazing if, uh, if this could fix it. And part of that, part of that, by the way, um, what I was going to get to was I went to Cedar Sinai back in like 2000, 
12, I believe. Yeah. And because uh, I was having uh, back issues and they told me back then that I was a surgery candidate because of bone spurs, compressed discs and arthritis. And that's not stuff that I usually talk about. So people think I'm made of rubber and this is all about image, you know, so that's that's great. You know, I'm still a superhero uh, to people. But but in fact, all of that stuff has only gotten worse. Um, but, you know, they showed me the epidural needle way back then. I didn't want anything to do with it. And unfortunately, they're going to have to shoot an epidural needle in to know me before they stick a whole bunch of needles in my uh, in my spine. And yes, I am very concerned about that. Like my hands get sweaty just thinking about it. Yeah, that's, that's very painful. Um, well, back to Impact here. You know, how has it been working with Impact Management this time around? Maybe even compared to your previous runs with uh, Impact Wrestling or TNA? Yeah, it's so good, so good this time. You know, like uh, last time, it really felt more like everyone in the dressing room was really competing with me, you know, and, and, and I I don't know if I made it up in my head, but it felt more like, like uh, I don't want to say resentment, but I mean, everyone there knew that I was making more money than them. I mean, not Sting or Hogan, or, but, you know, but people know, uh, I think, out there, because they don't see me every weekend on all the shows. They know, they know promoters ask everyone that I know to try to get my number to book me. And so, um, but this time around, man, everyone is so cool, and they've all – not all of them, but most of them, uh, a lot of them, and the whole vibe that, that's through there is such that, you know, they grew up watching me. Sometimes they tell me, dude, you're the reason that I'm wrestling right now, man, and I used to pretend I was you, and that just, you know, how can that not go a long way in the heart, you know what I mean? Like, that that means a lot. At the risk of marking out, and they'll even say that. I don't care if, it's not, if I sound like a mark. Dude, I'm just going to open up right now, man. It's so awesome to share a dressing, with you, dressing room with you so the boys – uh, you know, they, they treat me with a, a lot of love and respect. Uh, and I'm not like a locker room leader or anything. If somebody wants advice, I'll give it to them. Otherwise, you know, I'm just, uh, over in the corner stretching doing my ninja thing, but, um, it's in the office, um, as well, you know, they, they treat me with respect and, um, uh, it's, it's designed as such, you know, from the agreement that we made, but it's, it's so cool. And, you know, as far as, uh, as far as what I'm interested in, which is um, a lesser workload, it's it's perfect for me. How, uh, Hopefully, having having my name and and my matches and whatever else they got come out of me on on board. Hopefully, that will uh, you know help the company out and draw attention enough or make the show good enough uh, or whatever. And uh, when it doesn't, when it doesn't, you know, then um, then then I guess, you know, they'll have to save their money and, and use RVD less. But uh, right now they just seem to want to put me on like all the shows that I can do. And they seem excited to have me. And uh, it's, uh, I feel very appreciated. It's a very rewarding time in life to be RVD right now. How did, uh, how did impact management uh, feel about you uh, showing up on the raw reunion a couple weeks ago? I, they didn't say, I mean, they gave me permission to, to do it written permission um, and just said they were curious about, you know, about it, but, um, they didn't say, but I, I could only imagine, imagine that they probably thought it was cool. Um, Scott DeMore is the guy I deal with. He's, mm-hmm. he's the one that hired me and the guy that I always talk to. And he has said before when, uh, promoting my movie headstrong, which you can watch on iTunes and 
um, he, he had said before, Hey, anything that helps you helps us. So I think that that's the attitude there. Very cool. Well, um, your big name in impact wrestling, another big name coming to impact wrestling, uh, Ken Shamrock. What do you think about Ken Shamrock joining impact wrestling right now? The original TNA champion. Isn't it? I didn't realize that. Yeah. He was the original TNA NWA champion. Well, wow, very cool to know. I'm excited about it. Um, I like Ken. I respect Ken. Um, I haven't seen him um, in years and uh, probably only like once in like, I can't even imagine, 15 years or so. It's like, uh, don't bump into him very much. And so it's pretty exciting to know that he's coming. And I met, I met him in 91 when I was wrestling. I was only 20 years old wrestling for a company in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, called South Atlantic wrestling. And Ken Shamrock was wrestling as a character named Vince Torelli. That was his wrestling name. And he just looked great. Just looking at him doing standing jumps to warm up for his match. He looked so athletic. And the boys told me at that time that, you know, he was like the last guy that you'd want to mess with. They said that he won the last five tough man contests in the city and that uh, Manny Fernandez, who's known to be a bad dude, you know, take on several guys in a bar, and he was running the company. Uh, there was a, a locker room legend going around the, because they got in a heated discussion uh, one time, and I guess, uh, I guess, I don't know exactly, but Shamrock, you know, was the aggressor and uh, backed Manny into a wall. And then just the fact that that Manny didn't want to didn't want any of him in front of all the boys went went a long way. You know, he's the real deal. So uh, I I respect him, and I'm looking forward to him teaching uh, Moose a couple things because Moose does have a couple things to learn. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about Moose here. You uh, you both seem to have Moose in your crosshairs here. Uh, what what do you think of old Moose here? Um. Overall, you know, uh, I like him, uh, and I and I respect, uh, you know, his what, what his past, you know, that he's on. Um, but he is, you know, he does have, uh, you know, he does have some things to learn, and um, as a lot of the guys do, you know, just after being in it for so long, you see certain things uh, that that somebody needs before they're, you know, going to be like uh, the whole package, or before they are going to be as good as they're going to get and so he's still on his way up you know what i mean and, and shamrock geez you know like i said he's been he's been around it as long as me i wonder how long he was wrestling back then in 91 because i was only doing it like a year and a half at that time we probably started around the same time or maybe he even wrestled before me so experience goes a goes a long way but i like moose um i think he's got a lot of uh, uh ability um you know, he seems like I saw his promo he did on Ken Shamrock, and all he said was exactly what I said uh, to Moose. <laughs> I said, you know, dummy, you saw me, you know where the money is, you came after me because, uh, you know, this is going to be the main event match, and which is what he did, and they turned around and said the same thing. To, so I'm glad to inspire, glad I could rub off on everybody. That's what being an OG is all about. Um, but, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully I'm not – done with being in the ring with moose because i would still like to teach him a thing or two myself yeah uh lastly here uh i'll kick it to uh what you got coming up this weekend here of course impact wrestling is heading to vegas uh for the latest tv tapings uh what do you think fans can expect from these shows and what does rob van dam like to do when he gets to vegas well so so first off i love 
the city of Las Vegas. Uh, I love it so much that I actually moved here at the beginning of the year. Oh. And I'm in Las Vegas, right? Yes, sir. I have, uh, when I said that it's a very rewarding time to be RVD, I mean in every single way. If you haven't seen my girlfriend, Katie Forbes, Google her immediately and you'll agree with me. It's very good to be RVD. Uh, we love this city. We love, I, my, I have the dream house. I live in paradise and uh, I'm so happy in every, every way. Samstown is a regular stop for wrestling. The fans in Las Vegas are familiar with going to impact shows there and uh, ring of honor shows there, probably some other ones. This will be my first time wrestling at, at Sam's Town at this particular venue. Uh, but Hey, I'm already here. And so, uh, dude, it's going to, I'm going to have hometown advantage. You know what I mean? I'm sleeping in my bed the night before with Katie Forbes, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, you know, it'll be a short drive for me to go to the arena. So, uh, shoot, I might even do my ninja stretching beside my pool before I go. Uh, well, Rob, it's always great talking with you. I'm looking forward to seeing you when you uh, come to Chicago here for Bound for Glory with Impact Wrestling uh, in just a couple of those months as well. Uh, is there anything else you want to plug put, put over here before we wrap up the interview? Well, you can follow me at The Real RVD. Uh, and if you haven't seen my documentary, Headstrong, uh, I think that you should. It's, uh, it's a, at first, I laughed when uh, fans said that it was important um, and then uh, all the feedback I'm getting on how inspiring it is, I realized it is important because uh, it, I want to keep the conversation about concussions going. And uh, that's what my movie Headstrong ends up being about unintentionally, checking my own brain out after having over 500 concussions in my career myself. So um, my friends are often themselves. They're getting, uh, you know, concussions and then it's fading the fading to depression and then they're going down an ugly path and uh i'd like to put a stop to that so let's start by talking about it and we'll talk about it if we watch headstrong michael wiseman here with wrestling inc here with fred rosser miss familiar you look familiar we talked just a few months ago it feels like wrestlecade you know i pay for these interviews man so this is very exclusive you're gonna pay me for these interviews no no i get paid to do these interviews but this is very special oh this is very special i'm doing it for you oh for me i appreciate that i don't have a any second money time <laughs> a second time i'm not asking you for money well, I'm telling you, I get paid to do these interviews, but you're someone special. Well, I, number one, I question the credibility of those outlets that pay you for interviews. <laughs> but number two, you know, I don't talk to every wrestling talent twice, ever. I'm just excited to see you here again. No, thank you. Thank yeah, you. you WrestleCade's a great... I'm glad we got to talk at WrestleCade because that's a super awesome event they do every <laughs> yeah, year. And yeah. uh, just a plug for WrestleCade, if you ever can make it there, yeah. go to that event because it's a, it's a fan's dream. Anyway, I'm here to talk to you. I see your mom over there. You guys are all geared up. She's my... Mommy guard, my bodyguard. Is she fighting off the fans that they come up for autographs, or is she kind of bringing the kids up first? Well, look, or? I, I'm a look. I'm a handsome young man, you know. So people, you know, they can look, but they can't touch. Oh, there you go. You well, know what I mean, so she's my mommy guard. I was gonna say, is that an extra tier of payment as well, since you're all yeah, about the money? I don't work for free. <laughs> I don't work for free. You got to show me the money if you want to see some skin. There you go. Well, speaking of work, kind of what's going on in your neck of the woods? I know we got block the hate is a, is a really important cause block for you. The and hate movement is still yeah. running wild. Yeah. It was running wild when I met you, sure. and it's still running wild. It's gotten. It seems like bigger and bigger. I know you were given an award just a couple of months ago for all of your work here. Yeah, I mean. Can any other 
WWE superstars say that they got the key to the city in Miami Beach. I got a motherfucking key to the city, <laughs> Miami Beach. I'm sorry. I, I try to keep it PG. Well, you know. But, like, it's an honor for me. Sure. Key to the city, Vanguard Award that is given to a celebrity for all the work they do. I'm the superhero for the community. I won't stop till I'm six feet under. Yeah. Uh, anyone that gets bullied for various reasons, gay, straight, it don't matter. You know, we're here to work together, and if you can play, you can play. That's what it's all about. Sure. That's why I'm here at StarCast. I'm going to have to probably get in the back door at All Out, you know. I'm trying to make moves, man. Uh, back door at All Out. Are we saying we might see you tomorrow night? Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't want to get arrested or anything. Right. You know, we're in Chicago, but I'm going to have to bust down some doors. So where can wrestling fans, where, where should they look for you to pop up here in the next couple of months? Well, honestly, all of 2019, uh, I haven't done any wrestling except okay. for, like, speaking engagements. Sure. And I'm getting involved into the CBD world as an athlete because, okay. uh, you know, it's starting to get big and it's very beneficial for athletes. No one should be hooked on opiates and all that other stuff, so I'm becoming a little bit of a businessman. Uh, but I'm actually going to be wrestling in a couple weeks in North Carolina. Okay. Uh, well, where in North Carolina? Uh, Kingsburg or okay. something like that. So uh, it's all on my social media, Twitter, Instagram, at yeah. RealFredRosser. Sure. So me, I always say CTE. CTE, I can't remember right now. Uh, oh. So you have to go to my Instagram to see what's going on. Sure. My Twitter, Instagram to see where I'm going to be at. So a little wrestling in September, October. Yeah. Hopefully I can wrestle in Singapore in November. Uh, that's a goal of mine. Um, yeah, I never wrestled. Is this in advance of you kind of gearing back up next year in 2020 to be kind of back in the ring on a more full-time basis? Or? Yeah, I mean, like I said, um, I'm doing these interviews. I'm yeah. putting myself out there. I'm saying that I want to work yeah. and I want to continue to wrestle. I still have a lot left in the tank. And... Um, yeah, I still have a lot left to offer. What's next for the wrestling ahead? You know, maybe 2020, we're going to see it back in the ring. But for the Block the Hate campaign, for all the work, we know you're a huge inspiration to so many. We know your mom was a huge inspiration to you. Yeah. What's next for the Block the Hate campaign? What are the other walls and barriers you want to help break down now with All Elite Wrestling talking about equality being part of their whole gimmick for their, uh, for their promotion? Well, like I said, I got to continue to keep talking to schools. I got to keep... Um, inspiring the kids uh, I want people I always say whether it's on the big screen which I'm out in California I always say just because moves aren't being announced doesn't mean moves aren't being made uh, I'm out in California living uh, acting class doing little small roles here and here and there which you can see on my Twitter and Instagram nice um, you want to tease one of those is there an indie movie coming up you're going to be in is there a, sh a play or well I had a small cameo that was featured in the black American Black Film Festival in oh, Miami awesome. a different film festival. Yeah. I had a little cameo in a uh, romantic comedy, His, Her, and the Truth. So uh, all that, uh, the clips of it and all that stuff can be on my uh, social media and all that stuff. So uh, like I said, whether it's on my social media or um, on the big screen. I want people to see me who identify with me and say, well, if he can do it, then so can I. Two final questions here for you. Number one, um, you know, if somebody had to ask you right now, you're, you're doing some acting, you got pro wrestling, which one are you kind of more focused on, more passionate about at this juncture? Oh, Had to pick one. <laughs> that's a good question, uh -huh. man. Uh, well, I've been a fan since I came out the womb when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. So, damn, I'll wrestle till 
tell I can't anymore, yeah. you know? I can't anymore. But I always have to say wrestling, yeah. you know? But like I said, one monkey don't stop no stroke, so I got to keep it moving. <laughs> if I can't wrestle, I got to get into somehow in sure. Hollywood. I'm going to do it. Yeah, there you go. Well, then final question along that lines. If wrestling is where it's at for you, if you could pick somebody out there right now that's active to either partner with or to wrestle against, who who's your dream opponent right now out there in the scene of professional wrestling? Dream opponent. Dream opponent would have to be Sonny Kiss. Okay. I don't know, whoop his ass. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but like I said, so much so, so much good talent out yeah. there. Uh, like I said, I'm a fan till the day I die, so dream opponent would have to actually be Moxley. Okay. I would love to do a hardcore match with him, yeah. like a death match. Like, are, are you are you much play. of a, I was going to say, are you a, I haven't seen a whole lot of death matches no. that you've been in in the past. Exactly, so why not, right? right? Why not do a little death match, some color, get some color, right? All so. right, book it. Uh, Ross, or Moxley Rosser, man, yeah. this is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Block, I don't know, Moxley's got quite a bit of hate in him, so he might have to. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to beat the hell out <laughs> of him right, if I could. I love him, though. There we go. I love him. Sammy, you've got your uh, YouTube channel, Sammy Guevara on YouTube, which people should obviously subscribe to. Um, once you are officially on TNT every single week, um, is that going to continue and what is that content going to look like? I get a Will lot of those questions. I feel like there'd be no reason to stop it. It's another platform for uh, to promote AEW as well as promote myself. So I see a ton of cameras right here. So yeah, go make sure to go subscribe. Sammy Guevara on YouTube. Sammy, uh, you've been on the blog post about training, getting ready for this weekend kind of mm -hmm. in particular. You know, there's not anything announced, but is there anything that you can tell us that you were particularly getting ready for? Uh, I mean, I'm always getting ready for, you know, an opportunity. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but you never know what can happen to wrestling. Uh, I brought my gear, so... Not saying I'm wrestling tomorrow, but you never know what can happen. Someone can get hurt, so I'm always I'm always ready for an opportunity, even if the opportunity's not there. So if you could have that opportunity to fight somebody or wrestle somebody in AEW, um, who do, who do you want to fight tomorrow night? Looking at Darby Allen, who who are we talking about here? Uh, man, uh, whoever's gonna give me the most eyes, you know, uh, they got that pretty title, so I feel like it'll look a lot better on me. With you vlogging on the road all the time, what are some of the biggest things that you notice? cause drawbacks or things that you run into that are problems while trying to do that while doing your thing at a show? Um, I mean, it's just another thing to worry about. It's like, yeah. oh, I got to get content as well as worry about my match. Um, but I somehow make it work. So. Sammy, they announced you and Cody for the first AEW show in TNT. And, you know, Cody's so far worked with Darby Allen. He's kind of trying to work with the younger guys and stuff. For you, is there a pressure on that? Because that show that night, it's not just AEW, it's, there's another show as well. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling going into that now with all the, the elements? Oh, it's uh, it's definitely, uh, like you said, it's going to be a lot of pressure. Very first match in the TV history. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, you know. I, I feel like a lot of people are writing me off. They they think, oh, Cody's just going to get the W. You know, but I'm saying before I'm the best ever. I feel like this interview is the best ever simply because I'm here, right? And uh, October 2nd, I feel like I'm going to prove that once again that I'm Sammy Guevara, the best ever. It doesn't matter who I'm in the ring with. Uh, Cody Rhodes, cool. You know, he's got the big name. He's been all over the world. But to me, he's just a body in the way of where I'm trying to get to. You've been pretty vocal about the pressures of traveling and how tiring that can be. Now that you're going to be going to city to city every single week, um, what are you looking forward to and or kind of not looking forward to going forward? I feel like it's going to be better than how it's been because uh, I've traveled like four days in a row, 5 a.m. flights every single day. This... It's just Wednesdays, you know, right now at least. Uh, and there may be a, a pay-per-view or whatever on a Saturday, Sunday. So I feel like it's going to be a much better schedule for me uh, in the beginning at least. Sammy, being the first uh, ever one-on-one -on -one match in AEW's history, 
at Dole or Nothing and then being the first ever one-on-one match on TV. How does that feel? Oh, I mean, it's what I've worked my entire life for. And uh, what, a, what a way to start off, right? Get, you, want, you want the most eyes on you. You want the most eyes to keep watching the show. So put the best ever on first. And I'm going to show everybody watching exactly why AEW is the show to watch. Sammy, you said you're the best ever, but yeah. tomorrow, the best in the world, is going to be a star cast to do a panel, Ooh. CM Punk. Oh, okay. And um, there's, uh, there's talk he might show up. <laughs> he might show up at the pay-per-view. Um, is he someone that you would like to get in the ring with? Um, if I want to bless him by letting him be across the ring with me, then sure. I feel like a lot of people, that don't have a lot of eyes on it, right? Um, but if he does, it'll be a mistake. He should have stayed retired if he wants to return. I'll prove that it's a mistake for him. Sammy, talk about working with the British guys, with Kip and with Jimmy, because, you know, coming from Mexico, Britain, very different styles. Oh, uh, Kip, he's super good. You know, I wasn't too familiar with him until, uh, what was the show called? Double or nothing. Yeah, um, no, he's super good. And uh, I think it's good that he's a part of AEW. And, uh, you know, I didn't get the W against him that night. So I'm looking to get a rematch with him. You've got your loyal fans, the Panda fam that has been following you. And obviously you're really close to them. They give you bang drinks and other like presence throughout oh, yeah. are you worried about moving forward with AEW that you might not have that same interaction with them um no like it, I, I I always know like once you grow you know maybe the the loyalty like the diehards I feel like they'll always be there but I'm, I'm not expecting to get gifts like I got today I got so many gifts it was insane I have the whole entire bag of Dragon Ball Z stuff but uh you know it's it's a give and take so I may not get the same gifts, but my social media is all the fans online that'll all grow, even if the gifts don't come. You know? What's the craziest gift you've ever gotten? Uh, I got a bag of dicks one time. <laughs> <laughs> a bag of gummy dicks. Uh, <laughs> let me specify. <laughs> Did you eat the bag of dicks? I, I had to. <laughs> I had to try it, you know? So we're talking about how this is an exciting time in your career right now, right? And how much is going on for you. But thinking ahead to the future, what is it you want to be known for? People look back on your career 30, 40 years from now, and what is the thing that you want to be your legacy? Uh, just a kid who tried and, uh, and did it and made it happen. You know, I j- that's another thing why I do these videos online and all that. It's not only to show my journey, but to show kids that have something they want to do that maybe people tell them they can't do. I want to show them that, hey, I did it, and there's no reason why you can't do it, too. Who was your inspiration to get into the game? That'd be Rey Mysterio, and I got to wrestle him two times, so that was, like, my idol growing up, and to be able to get in the ring with him, go across the ring with him was, uh, like, a dream come true, pretty much. What are your thoughts on Rey's future since they've been talking about retirement and all those kind of things? I haven't even been paying attention to it, to be honest. (laughs) A couple more guys. Out of your four bosses, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Cody, who's your favorite boss and why? Oh, man. <laughs> Way to put see. somebody on the spot. Dude, see, I'm wrestling Cody, the first one, so I'm going to have to just go with Cody on that one, right? Yeah. You talked a lot about raising your profile. How much does AEW raise your profile here in America particularly? Oh, big time. You know, I, I was going to Mexico and Japan and all that, but, uh, yeah, definitely ever since AEW started, it's been crazy the amount of uh, interactions I get online. Follow-up question to your earlier question about bosses. Um, you have a lot of executive VPs who are professional wrestlers, and then you have Tony Khan at the top. What's the dynamic like working for that entire group of uh, bosses? 
Uh, what do you mean dynamic? So, so Tony Khan is obviously a huge professional wrestling fan, right. followed up with having Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega there as professional wrestlers. Um, does that, do you ever see the push and pull between fans and pro wrestlers, the creative structure? How does all that play out for a wrestler like yourself? Uh, for me, I've had no problems so far. It's, it's been going pretty smoothly. I feel like everybody kind of knows what they're doing. Everybody has a good mind for the business. And uh, I think it's something different. You know, I've, I've dealt with other promotions, other shows, or it's, it's, uh, it's not, it doesn't feel this smooth. You know, it doesn't, sure. it doesn't run that smoothly. I don't know. So, you, so far, it's been good. When you found out that there was going to be another show on Wednesday nights at the same time as AEW, how did you find out and what was your reaction? I just saw, like, the, the social media, like, the rumors or whatever, and then uh, when it was official, I was like, wow, we're in the Wednesday Night Wars. That, that's the same that's going around. It's wild, you know. Like I said, this is all I've ever wanted to do. And to now be going head-to-head with uh, NXT, it's, uh, it's a wild life we live, you know. And uh, nothing's impossible. Uh, but I'm going to prove, you know, first match ever, that our show is the best show. Last one, guys. With all the decision-makers being such fans of wrestling, how do you think that that's going to... Um affect the product and how do you think that'll help AEW as a whole what was this question so with so with all the decision makers being the bucks cody you know tony being a big fan and they've all talked about how they're all still fans do you think that that helps the over overall dynamic for AEW and it'll help you guys have a better product as opposed to what we see in other places oh for sure i mean it, when you see that people are passionate about what they do i feel like they're trying to put on the best product that there is uh, when when there's pa- people lacking passion or just have no idea what the business is, you see that stuff doesn't make sense, blah, 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 other stuff. But so far, I feel like we're in the right track, and I feel like it's just going to keep growing from here. Thank you, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show to talk the news of the day. Thank you to Rob Van Dam, Impact Wrestling, Darren Young, Michael Weissman, Sammy Guevara, StarCast, AEW. Thank you all for contributing to making today's show uh, what it was, which was an amazing bit of audio for your ear holes uh we are going to be back tomorrow uh we have an interview that our good friend andy melnoski did with none other than wwe hall of famer jerry lawler uh that is going to air tomorrow that took place at the gathering pro wrestling conference i believe it was in charlottesville uh or charlotte north carolina uh also on the show tomorrow we're gonna have two more uh we're gonna have two more full we're gonna have the audio for two more we're gonna have the full audio damn okay i can do this we're gonna have the full audio for two more StarCast Media Scrums. Uh, we're going to do the audio from the Dean Malenko Scrum, and you are going to get to hear from Orange Cassidy on tomorrow's show. So definitely come back for that one. And if you like all the shows we do here uh, at Wrestling Inc., all, uh, Wrestling Inc., all the podcasts, be sure to go over to the Wrestling Inc. audio channel on iTunes. Five-star ratings, nice comments. Always appreciated. Justin, is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the show today? September 13th, IWC Wrestling. We're doing a show at Wheeling Island Casino in Wheeling, West Virginia. Kevin Nash doing a meet and greet. Wardlow, who, of course, was homegrown in IWC Wrestling, going to AEW. But he will be at the show uh, performing. So uh, it's going to be a great show. Uh, Wheeling Island Casino, great night. So come, you know, Kevin Nash meet and greet at 5. Pro Wrestling uh, after that. Uh, I believe it will be live streamed, too. I don't have that information offhand. But uh, if you can get to Wheeling, West Virginia, come see me, Kevin Ash, Wardlow. All of us will be a good time September 13th. You know what? I just saw Wardlow, too. Wardlow, a part of Warrior Wrestling 6, the show I, I talked about earlier. It was in a tag match. I believe you tagged with Brian Pillman Jr. So if you want to watch that, go over to highspots.com. Find Warrior Wrestling 6. There's a little cheap plug for you, Principal Steve. Yeah. That was a great show. I get to call those shows with Rich Bikini. I, I'm working Rudo. I guess is what I was told. I'm, I'm the bad guy on commentary now. I feel very cool that that was said to me. So who knows? 
All right. Uh, I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. <laughs>